0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. We've been talking about life in the Spirit Learning to live out of our spirit man. Remember the Bible tells us that we are spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. Isn't that interesting that you were created in whose image and likeness? Did you know that two persons of the Godhead are invisible? The Bible says no one has seen God at any time. The Holy Spirit is invisible. He is omnipresent, but He's invisible. But how many of you know that the person of the Godhead who is visible, the Word says the Word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld His glory. First John said, what we have seen and heard and our hands have touched and handled. So your body, isn't it interesting that you are creating the image and likeness of God and the only visible part of you is your body. And it's not eternal. You've got to have a new one of the, these to live where you are destined to live. Your spirit as a believer has been reborn. The presence of the Holy Spirit has come to live in your human spirit. You also have a soul. Now listen to me now. Don't go backwards and start acting dumb. Your spirit and your soul are inseparable. Your soul, suke in the Greek, is your mind, how you process thoughts, your emotions, how you respond to your thoughts, and your will, how you volitionally make choices based on what you think about, how you feel, but hopefully more progressively under the influence of your spirit man where the Holy Spirit lives in that reborn part of you. Your soul and your spirit are together. They are inseparable, but they are distinguishable. What do you mean by that? Although they are inseparable, you can't pull the spirit out of the soul nor the soul out of the spirit. They have different functions and for that reason, we call them distinguishable yet inseparable. What we need to learn to do is to operate under the control and direction of our spirit man where the Holy Spirit lives. We've studied how eye is not seen nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man all that God has prepared for those who love him, but he has revealed them to us by the Spirit. We went back and looked at how Jesus said, I'm going to leave, but I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. He will teach you, He will guide you into all the truth. Isn't it interesting that He's a guide, not a dictator? He will bear witness of me. Whatever he hears, he will speak. He is a speaking Holy Spirit. We talked about the many ways that the Holy Spirit speak. We talked about activating and clearing the static out of our spirit man because our mind can bring such confusion. Did you know that if you're full of stress, your mind is becoming the main player in your inner man and it keeps your spirit from being able to tell you and impart to you what it wants to tell you because the the Holy Spirit is at peace all the time. In fact, out of the Holy Spirit's presence and control comes the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, self-control, faithfulness, righteousness, the Holy Spirit is not confused and he's not stressed out. So if I'm stressed out and full of fear and anxiety, it means that my mind and the emotional response to my mind has gained a control over the spirit man that I am that ought not to be. So I have got to come and to bring my thoughts captive into the obedience of Jesus Christ as an act of my will in the authority of the Word of God. And I don't know about you, but for me that is an ongoing struggle. Not once a month, every day I have the opportunity to walk in anxiety or fear or frustration or aggravation or something that is a product of my soul, where my mind and my emotions are becoming a main player. I have to constantly go back and receive correction and say, wait a minute now, this is not the mind of Christ. He's not worried about anything. The mind of Christ is not aggravated. He is at peace. And, and you know, there's the, the main The main function of perfect agape love is patience, kindness. So learning to live out of the spirit. We talked about how the way you activate that spirit. Your spirit man is alive, but we have to clear the static. And we do that by investing in our spirit man through praise and worship and thanksgiving and the investment in the Word of God. Taking it in and speaking it out. The Word of God is spirit and life, Jesus said. The Word of God is full of life and power, according to Hebrews 4.12. So intake of the Word of God, outspeaking of the Word of God, praise and worship and thanksgiving, holy communion. Jesus said, I have earnestly, passionately desired to have this meal with you. This is my body which is broken for you. And as often as you drink this cup, you proclaim my death over you until I come. It's a renewal of our vows. We talked about how the Holy Spirit sometimes speaks through us through impressions. We just have an inner knowing. We talked about how the Holy Spirit sometimes, uh, he always speaks through his word. He has forever spoken through his word and he will never speak outside of the boundaries of this word. Always in agreement. The Holy Spirit has an inner witness telling you right and wrong, yes or no. Affirmation and restraint. We talked about impress. Sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks to us through others. Sometimes just through casual when we're seeking the Lord, sometimes he'll use a word from somebody else. Sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks through spiritual gifts, such as a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom or even a prophetic word. And I, I said something and left a loose end that I'm going to, to talk about the next two times that I speak. And that is, there is legitimate biblical prophecy And it has great value. In fact, 1 Corinthians 14 says, earnestly desire spiritual gifts especially that you may prophesy. What in the world does that mean? Well, we're going to get into that the next two times. Earnestly desire spiritual gifts especially that you may prophesy. And the Word talks about how valuable prophecy can be. But you've got to understand that according to 1 Corinthians 14, 3, that Prophecy is characterized by encouragement, exhortation, strengthening, building up, and comfort. That's the New Testament heart of prophecy. Not trying to tell the future and blaming it on God. Besides that, 1 Corinthians 13, 9 says that even prophecy is partial. Now we know in part and we prophesy. How? How? in part, just just a little part. So what are you trying to tell us, Pastor? Even if prophecy is accurate, don't constantly seek a prophetic word for direction. There was a great prophet in the New Testament named Agabus. He was highly regarded by the church. And Agabus went to a place where Paul was and he prophesied, even with dramatic, uh, visible, tied himself up, prophesied. He said to Paul, This is what's going to happen to the man who goes to Jerusalem. And so all the church gathered around and they started weeping and crying and begging Paul, Don't go to Jerusalem! Don't go to Jerusalem! You know what Paul said? What are you doing weeping and breaking my heart? For I'm ready not only to preach the gospel, I'm ready to die in Jerusalem if need be. Guess what? Agabus' prophecy was true. When Paul got to Jerusalem and preached the gospel, he got in a lot of trouble and eventually had to appeal to Caesar and go all the way to Rome where he was eventually executed under the headship of Nero the emperor. And a lot of people have said, see, if he just listened to that prophecy, then he would have escaped that premature death. Do you want to bet on a prophecy or on the integrity of a man named Paul whom God entrusted to write 13 books of the New Testament? Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Even if a prophecy is true, it doesn't have the authority of the voice of God. for direction. Are you listening to me? The Holy Spirit will sometimes use others to give you guidance, but guidance is not dictatorship. Guidance is not directive. It is suggested. I'm gonna get into this a lot more when I talk to you about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. What am I trying to tell you? Here it is in a nutshell. Don't grow dependent for direction on prophetic words from somebody else, you will cripple your growth. Don't grow dependent on prophetic words for direction from others, you will cripple your growth. Sometimes you grow most when you struggle. Don't go looking for solutions from other people with a word from God before you have sought the Holy Spirit and prayed and sometimes gone through the pain of silence and struggle. There's no substitute for that. It is out of that struggle sometimes that relationship is built. And God is a whole lot more interested in the development of relationship than he is a quick fix. Does God ever speak to us, through the Holy Spirit ever use dreams and visions? Write this scripture down, Acts 18 and Acts 16. You'll find two new, look, look, there are numerous illustrations of God speaking to people, Old and New Testament, in dreams and visions. I will tell you this though. There is no indication whatsoever that dreams and visions was the daily experience of the people who had them for direction. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will guide you. He will teach you. Dreams and visions are real, and uh, sometimes they give three different things. Sometimes they will give you guidance in a decision God wants you to make or you need to make. Sometimes dreams and visions will give you a warning. And sometimes dreams and visions will give you encouragement. I see at least those three things, guidance, warning, and encouragement. Read in the New Testament, Acts 18, Acts 16, and you'll get some examples of that. But don't depend on things like dreams and visions that do not happen all the time for your direction. Depend on the Word of God and the inner witness of the Holy Spirit, your guide and teacher. And if these things come, ask yourself the question, do they they pass the test? Are they in line with the Word of God? I mean, if you say, well, you know, I had a vision last night and God told me to leave my wife and family and trade them in on something, you didn't have a vision from God. Not a chance. Can you believe I need to say things like this? Do you understand this message goes into different countries all over the world right now? uh, Let me tell anybody who's listening, that vision didn't come from God. It's out of line with the Word of God. Does it line up with the Word? Does it line up with the inner witness of the Holy Spirit in your spirit? Or does it just give you a word that you were hoping to get that gives you pleasure? Is it consistent and accurate? And does it immediately leave you or does it stay with you? It made such an impression on your inner man. Can you have dreams that are not of God all the time? Why? Because a lot of dreams arise, most of them arise right out of your subconscious mind. And guess what? Your subconscious mind don't have many filters on it. Isn't that right? So of course not, not every dream comes from God. A lot of people have gotten over here out of line and saying, well, if you dream, what color was it? And this color stands for what God is saying. Oh dear Jesus. And we say this again. We don't need to be granola believers here full of fruits, nuts, and flakes. <laughs> we don't need to go there. There are legitimate times when the Holy Spirit will speak to you in dreams and visions, especially if you ask him to. But it is not the way you get daily guidance and direction from the Holy Spirit. And I'd also ask you, if you're puzzled about a certain dream or vision, you might want to ask mature believers that you trust to, give, to, to say to you impressions that they may have. Now, I want you to turn with me to Romans chapter 12. The Holy Spirit also speaks and reveals himself through gifting. Now I want everybody to buckle your seatbelt and listen very carefully. Every believer, every believer has at least one and usually more spiritual gifts. What is a spiritual gift? A spiritual gift is a supernatural God-given ability that expresses the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus to please Him and bless others. It is a special ability given to you to bring glory and praise to him and to bless other people. The word gifts means, it comes from the Greek word charisma, charismata. It means grace gifts. Charis is the word grace in, translated in English. So there used to be a discussion, well, what kind of Christian are you? Are you uh, orthodox? Are you this, that, and the other? Are you charismatic? Can I tell you something? Every single Christian, literally speaking, is charismatic because every believer has grace gifts, charismata, indwelling them. You are not a charismatic because you raise your hands or because you have outward demonstrations of worship. You are a charismatic because God has placed spiritual gifts on the inside of you and every one of you are charismatic. Charismata, grace gifts. Now remember what the word grace means? It's something that flows out of the love of God. It is the favor and the ability of God flowing out of his love. So a spiritual gift is a special ability given to you by God to express his favor and his ability that is not in your natural man. It don't come up out of your personality. It doesn't arise from your training. It is given to you by the Holy Spirit, but just because you have it doesn't mean it is fully developed. You develop something, even a spiritual gift, through use. Coach Jack, what's going to happen to you if you don't ever use the muscles on that frame? Have to be developed through use, yes or no? Your spiritual gifts are developed through use. Every believer has at least one, the God-given special ability to express the life and ministry of Jesus that pleases him and blesses others. Now, I want you to understand that there's no set way where you have to, to lump all the, the gifts of the Spirit. But one of the greatest insights that I have ever been given comes out of the teaching of Dr. Paul Walker, Dr. Raymond Culpeper, And that is to be able to differentiate spiritual gifts through three different ways. Now remember, you are triune. You are spirit, soul, and body. God is a triune God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. As I look at Scripture, I don't lump all the gifts into into one bundle. You can do that if you want. I can't prove to you it's the wrong way to do it. But this has helped me to understand. In Romans 12, you have what we call motivation gifts. That is, there is an internal, when the Holy Spirit came to live on the inside of you, you have certain spiritual genetics that if you operate in line with those genetics, you will have a God-given advantage to succeed. Now, you two guys played basketball at a high level, high school, college, professional. What if you Come up here, Jason. Can everybody see? I love Jason and Heather. All right, you two guys stand up. Hmm. Did y'all inherit any physical attributes from parents? There is a passing down of genetic investments, yes or no? Is it to your advantage? on the journey you had playing basketball at a high level, would you think that it would have been a advantage over Jason's physical genetics? Yes or no? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, we love you, brother. Don't, don't be. <laughs> Spiritually, you have spiritual genetics. When you're born again, the Holy Spirit reveals himself and what he wants to do through you through different spiritual genetics as well. Thank you, guys. So we call these motivation gifts. It's what... It's what's on the inside of you that it is your wiring, where your desires are, where you are good. It, it has to do with a God-given advantage through the expression of one of these gifts. Now, let's look at them. Where you say that the Father gives these, verse 3 says, God has given to each. See the end of verse 3? God has given to each a measure of faith through which these gifts are ministered, received and ministered. Having gifts, verse six, differing according to the grace that is the favor and ability of God that is given to us, let us use them. Now they're different measures of faith, but he's not talking about some people get more grace from God than others. He's talking about the the favor and the ability to express this gift from the Lord. They differ according to the grace that is given to us, and let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. All right, what does it mean for me to have a motivation gift of prophecy, a creation gift, if you will? I've written it down there for you. The prophecy is the special ability to stand boldly, strong in character, unwavering in position to speak what God says with authority. And that has to do mostly with a public speaking of what God is saying, either through his written word or his spoken word by the Holy Spirit. And to say it with authority, unmoving, strong in character, bold, seeing things in black and white, this is no gray area, prophecy. How many of you would say, I know that God has given me the strength to stand boldly and proclaim the Word of God on a consistent basis, and I can see where I'm spiritually wired, where that might be a gift a motivation gift, a wiring gift that I might have. Stand up right where you are. If Jeremiah was here, he'd be doing that. All right, look around you. Now remember, we're talking about gifts from God the Father and how you are spiritually born Remember that the Holy Spirit gives prophecy gifts, and he tells us to earnestly desire especially that we may speak boldly without compromise the Word of God. Now, I've already thought about this. I want some of you to do what Dean just did for Louise. And uh, if you see somebody in here that you know probably has the gift of prophecy. I want you to go over there and tell them, you need to stand up. God sometimes speaks to you and gives you a special ability to say what you have heard the Lord saying to others." All right, just look around you here, church. Look in the back. Okay, very good. Be seated, please. Ministry, the inner motivation to serve God and others. Now, remember, You can have, and most believers have a multiplicity of gifts. A lot of them just don't know it yet. Inner motivation to serve God and others, giving service and willing to serve, even if behind the scenes or in the limelight, doesn't matter, focusing on assisting other people. It is, it motivates you, it gets your motor running more than anything else to just serve somebody and and to minister them either either emotionally or physically or Just doing things. Sometimes you'll see a gift of the Holy Spirit called helps and administrations that fall under the category of ministry as well. How many of you would say, that's what gets my motor running. I have a track record of being motivated to serve other people and to just serve them. Even if it's behind the scenes and never recognize and stand up right where you are. Gift of ministry. What a beautiful gift. Remember what Jesus said? The greatest among you shall be your. What? Can I tell you something else? From somebody who is the face of ministry all the time, this never happens without ministry gifting. Ministry gifting enables upfront limelight ministry every time thank you be seated teaching the special ability to help others see a truth understand it how it works and see its value If you've got the gift of teaching stand up how would I know that pastor well When you're in conversation with somebody, you find yourself, even in that conversation, trying to help them understand how something works. All the teachers now keep standing. You have a desire to help them know how it works. All right, be seated. All right, now are you listening to me? When you start understanding your spiritual gift, it is going to reveal itself while you're out there in the marketplace, while you're trying to run your business, while you're trying to make sales, where you're trying to operate in relationship with your family. Your spiritual gift doesn't check out when you leave this chapel. It is on, It Look, it's part of your inner being. You're wired that way. you got kids or grandkids, I guarantee, and you want them, they want to learn how to do something, maybe play a sport. You will find yourself constantly trying to teach them how to understand and focus in it instead of the exhorter would be constantly encouraging and constantly building up, and you can have that gift too. But you're trying to help them understand something. You're a teacher. All right, let's move on. Exhortation. The special ability to encourage, to call out the best in somebody, to affirm somebody's value, to let them know they're important and needed, to raise their motivation to succeed and to comfort them when they're hurting. Exhortation, stand up. What a powerful, life-giving gift is exhortation. I mean life-giving. All right, be seated. You thrive. It does something for you on the inside you, you, you to exhort and encourage. All right, giving. The special ability to help meet the needs and desires of others, helping them to have the resources and tools they need to function. The desire and the ability to assist those in critical need. The desire and the ability to assist those in critical need. This doesn't have to be financial, but it also involves financial. It also could be the giving of time and and care. Would Would you stand? You're motivated by being able to give. Be sure and leave your checks in the black box. (laughs) Thank you. you. Had to get that one in there. Leadership. The special ability to stand out front and inspire and direct a favorable response from others. Now look, all of these are my definitions that I have believed and asked God for help with. And uh, look, this is not all there is about spiritual gifts. I am just as your pastor telling you what I believe these are. Leadership is not demanded, it is granted Through service. Remember what Jesus said? The greatest among you shall be your what? It is granted through service, through ability. you got to know what you're doing. You're not going to be a good leader if you don't know what you're doing. You can have the desire, but if you don't have the ability, you're not going to be a great leader. Experience, wisdom, trust, and respect. Leadership is not demanded. It is granted demanded his dictatorship. How we doing, husbands? Well, we've heard all of our life, we're supposed to be the spiritual leader of our house. If you made the mistake I did in the early years of my marriage? I was just plain stupid. Remember what I've always taught, one of the things God would say to us is, don't be stupid. I thought because I had the mantle of spiritual leadership responsibility, then I have got to force the issue of having this, 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 and this that I thought was what an idiot. Leadership is not demanded. It is granted through service. No, we're not having testimony time right now. Some of you dads, when your children are not young anymore, when you have older children and adult children, maybe a better approach for you instead of continuing to demand your standard and imposing your view of what it means to succeed, maybe you ought to go back and tell them how valuable they are to you. And maybe you ought to endorse what they're doing even if you don't understand it. Just because it's not vital to you doesn't mean that it's not vital to them and to God. Leadership is not demanded. It's granted through service. Showing mercy. The special ability to show compassion to those who are hurting, even if that hurting is through self-inflicted wounds. Would you stand, please? Anybody's got showing mercy. What a beautiful and wonderful gift. Because you know what the word says: God is merciful. He's full of mercy. That's part of His characteristic. How many times has he ever refused to forgive you doesn't happen does it well then how can we not forgive others amen thank you all right I'm going to close by telling you I want you all to listen real carefully because I'm going to tell you the pitfalls in all of these seven motivation gifts wiring gifts now, next time I teach, I'm going as under the direction of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to teach about the gifts of the Holy Spirit out of Romans, I, I'm sorry, out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Here are the pitfalls of the gift of prophecy. Sometimes, if you speak with authority and stand bold in character, sometimes you can cross the line because others are going to look at you with respect and regard what you say as a real strong standard and that's the way God is saying it. Sometimes if you have the gift of prophecy, you can cross the line and without knowing it, you can begin to get into control and manipulation. You can begin, when people give you a certain amount of authority, well your word is, it's as good as God's, then you can, you can cross that line sometimes and you can begin to try without knowing it, you can begin to control and manipulate without even seeing it to try to get what accomplished, what you think ought to be done. Sometimes a pitfall is anger because when people don't line up with what you tell them is the right way to go, uh, it leads to anger. And sometimes the pitfall of prophecy is that we see ourselves as always having, as always being right and always having the responsibility to correct others who don't agree. That's a pitfall. Pitfall in those who have the ministry of, the the gift of ministry, like Stephen Rogers, like Joe Malika like so many of you, sometimes the pitfall in ministry is you will lose your own identity. You will be so caught up in ministering to others that you will grow weary yourself and that you could even, you would, it could actually lead you to exhaustion and even depression. You know what the 23rd Psalm says, don't you? He makes me lie down. He makes me lie down in green pastures. The pitfall in teaching. I know this one really well. You're, so, you're trying so hard to teach and explain that you sometimes try to teach and explain to those who are not ready to hear what you're trying to say. And they turn, they, they, they close you off immediately, and there you are still trying to teach them something. And you wonder, how come I don't ever get through? They're not ready! You remember the Scripture where the Word says, it's a beautiful Word, and Jesus did not tell them all things, for they were not ready to hear. Some of you are, you want to tell your children something, even your adult children, and they're not listening, maybe they're not ready to hear yet. Ask the Lord to give you not only the ability to teach, but the wisdom to know who really wants to hear. I may have gone the other way now. I make it so hard for people to listen to me sometimes. So you don't need to go there either. What I'm trying to tell you is your pastor is always working on balance and always getting correction. Pray for me. Exhortation. Pitfall of exhortation. You're so, so caught up with and in love with encouragement that sometimes, and this is what the Lord showed me, sometimes you're afraid to tell somebody the truth in love who needs some correction. And that's part of exhortation. Sometimes we're so afraid to tell somebody the truth in love because we're afraid they won't receive it well and it'll backfire on us that we don't love them enough to tell them the truth in love at the right time and in the right way, and boy, does that require the wisdom and timing of the Holy Spirit. Giving, pitfall in giving. Sometimes we cross the line, if we have the gift of giving, we cross the line into thinking that we should always give to everybody who asks us. And sometimes we give, this is me now, I've got the gift of giving, sometimes we give because we're afraid that we will disappoint somebody's expectations if we don't. afraid I might disappoint you in No, wait a minute now, you got the gift of giving? Who gave you the resources you have? From whose blessing did it come? Every good and perfect gift comes from where? Do you see Jesus always giving to anybody and everybody that demanded it? Sometimes a crowd would gather to receive ministry from him and he'd walk off and go up on the mountain to spend time with the Father. You believe that? Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Maybe we should all, if we have the gift of giving, maybe we should pray and ask the Lord to help us learn to invest where He has granted us abundance and where He desires us to invest. And maybe if you're like me, maybe you've reached an age and stage where you need to say, Lord, Help me know the difference between sowing and throwing. You throw seed indiscriminately to people that ask. That'd be good. Oh, but you sow seed that is precious and you invest believing there's a harvest that God has ordained. And so maybe it's time for us to adjust and and to avoid the pitfall. What is the pitfall of showing mercy? Well, what a great, wonderful gift Becky Estes has of showing mercy. She may be more highly developed than most anybody I've ever seen in the gift of showing mercy. What's the pitfall there? Sometimes we allow ourselves, if we have that gift, to be used by those who are hurting, but they never want to make the effort to get up and come out. If we have the gift of mercy, sometimes we're vulnerable to those that we want to help who are hurting, but they never make the effort to get up and come out. So that would be, are y'all learning anything? Well, here's what we need to do. We need to pray what the, what the Word tells us to do. Lord, help me to see how I'm wired, help me to see what my spiritual gifts are. I know I've got at least one. You can't be a believer without at least one. If you hadn't gotten anything on this, you will get there. Just stay with us. Lord, I want the gifts you've given me to be identified and developed. Identified. Do you know what? You may be surprised at what the Lord identifies that he's given you that you've never developed. Show me where you have gifted me, and how to develop it, and give me a greater understanding of it. And I want to use the. If you don't use it, it diminishes in power. Amen. Now, next time we're going to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. What are they? Remember, are y'all listening? What well, we've just been over are gifts that you're spiritually born with. The gifts of the Holy Spirit operate as He wills. As He wills. You don't walk in them all the time. Let's all stand. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.